This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants, 18 plus reward registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. to uh, another episode of Forever Bristol City podcast. The first one is part of the uh, Talk Sport Fan Network. Uh, I'm delighted to be joined uh, by the Suttons, Neil and Tom, Tom and regular contributors, uh, Mark and Ian. I say, if you're watching it on YouTube, we look as close together, uh, me and the Suttons, as what that Sky News new set does. But uh, but there we go. It finished at Ashton Gate last night. City nil, Forest nil. Not a sparkling display in front of 26,000 almost fans, as we normally do. And I'll start with you, Ian. Walking away from the ground, what were your immediate thoughts? I'm disappointed we didn't win the game, but with no shots on target. Final ball was poor in the main, and we had no cutting edge. That was always going to be the result. And, and that's the issue we played as well as in the first half as I've seen us play for years, uh, particularly in, uh, as we were up against a, a Premier League team. But unfortunately, um, we couldn't get the ball in the net. And we absolutely, that's the absolute priority in what we need to do because we're just not scoring enough goals. And if you look at our goals scored against goals conceded, our goal difference is probably going to be zero at the end of the year, having scored. 52, 53 goals and conceded the same number. And we simply can't go on like that. So whilst we've improved, that facet of our game hasn't in the main, apart from three really good results. OK. Mark, your thoughts walking away? Yeah, another competitive City performance. Very strong in defence. Uh, didn't give, only gave uh, Forrest a couple of clear-cut chances. Played really well through the thirds and had some great moments in the first half, but we didn't turn our pressure into goals again. And we're in a bang on like this, and so we're blue in the face. And and City City's pro, pro, uh, progress will be will be deemed on goals and results. Although they've had you know they've had two clean sheets now against Premier League teams, all looks very good from a distance. Players are playing with more freedom. There's a lot of the fans to get excited about until we get into the penalty area. So we've really got to try and sort that out. Players really have got to be more aggressive with attacking the ball and it's got to be a better final ball. Otherwise, all of that's going to come to come to naught. All right. Um, Tom, what were your thoughts? You haven't been with us uh, for a few, uh, quite a few games now, but uh, you must have been uh, well pleased to see us get a draw against a, a decent Premier League team. I thought they looked defensively very good. I think Nuno, I think Manon highlighted in his pre-match conference, they'd be organised. Uh, and I thought that's what they were. I didn't think they offered much attacking threat particularly, uh, but defensively were very good. And I think uh, as a team now, that five back, against, particularly against Premier League clubs, I mean, we played, what, 280 minutes against Premier League clubs and only conceded one goal, um, which is really impressive stuff. But offensively, again, 
just lacking that clinical edge to us at the minute. We get it into midfield and we're just sort of ponderous, I'd say, at the minute. It's just not really clicking. But I was really happy walking away yeah. last night. Yeah, I think in a 0-0 draw, if you're happy walking away, it, it was enjoyable. It was a technically mm. a good game of football. Neil, your uh, your thoughts? Yeah, just echoing what the other three have said in relation to defensively, that formation really suits the players that we have uh, from a defensive standpoint, from an offensive standpoint, it actually shows our deficiencies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it, there's a balance to be struck there, isn't it? Look, a few times for me, just we've got in positions, and I hate to use Manning Manning's words at times, but bravery. Mm. Like well, our behaviour. We didn't show the behaviour of braveness. <laughs> well, it was just a few times we got in around uh, the box. I know we'll come to it, but just highlight it. So, Zach Viners. Without going to it, but I'm just demonstrating with this. He dribbles through, he's the edge of the box. Rather than having a shot himself, he looks to to play in Tommy. And you're just like, in that situation, come on, grab grab the mantle a little bit there. You know, really just just have a shot. Anything could happen. Deflection, goal, save, whatever. But equally, without taking things away, I think Pringy had a chance late on where he could have passed it and he elected to shoot. So you, you, you can't. Always get it right. No, no, no. Ian, the starting lineup. I mean, we were without Williams, suspended, Scott Twine, cup tied. You called him twining on the radio last night, Mark, like I did at Senior Reds, as in the T brand, yeah, if I recall correctly. Play it back. But Ian, the, the team is picking itself at the moment, isn't it? Very few changes in the starting lineup, certainly at the back. Yeah, and I mean, if it, if it is the old adage, if it didn't broke, don't fix it. And um, we're not conceding many goals. Defence is playing well. I thought George Tanner was outstanding again last night. Obviously, the game changed at halftime when he made the substitutions and the £42 million Morgan Gibbs-White came on and looked an absolute quality player. And for £42 million, you'd expect something half decent, wouldn't you? Mm. Now, he's going to leave them if they're playing, if they get a points deduction as he's mooted and they're all um, and they're in the Championship next year. But the level of players that they've got, uh, the only other guy that impressed me a little bit and was a lot quicker uh, than advertised, I thought, was Chris Wood. Uh, but the, re- the rest of the team, I didn't look at them and think, as in the way that I looked at some of the West Ham players and think, boy, he's good. Mm, OK. Mark, what did, you, uh, what did you think of the lineup? It picks itself. Anis is keeping his place in the team. He did a few good things yesterday, but the person why I was with, not a regular watcher, said, yeah, it always breaks down on the physicality side with uh, with him. What what did what did you think of him, Mark, and 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 the lineup and your comments on Forrest as a comparator against West Ham? Yeah, Forrest first, I thought they looked so pedestrian in the first half, it was untrue. Just content to sit in like they were saving their energy for the next Premier League game, which is against West Ham. Didn't surprise they didn't take the game to us at all and just put the game to bed. You know, Premier League team could have got a goal or two in front. The tide could have been dead, but they were just content to to, to sit there and, and, and take us on the break. Uh, with Mametti, thought he had a great first half, created a lot down the left with uh, with Cam Pring. Um, he does. He's trying more things. He's trying to take players on outside and inside. It's just like you said, when he tries to get in the way or he's coming back physically, I mean, he's 
he's just like a stick, isn't he? He's, he's, he's not not going to do a lot. All he can do is get in the way. It's slow, slow attacking play down. Uh, the, the final thing that's, you know, in defence is, I mean, Atkinson will be back hopefully in the next couple of weeks, may even be in contention for the replay on Wednesday week. So that's a good thing. Mark Sykes, likewise, will give us another option um, at right wing back, or he could perhaps even play uh, in the number in the number ten role. Um, Hayden Roberts will have to play it uh, left wing back when Cam Pring suspended. So yeah, the side picks itself, but we got we got a couple of players who will be coming back into contention, and with suspensions and all these matches, forthcoming matches, we'll have to rotate because the players yeah. going to be knackered. Seven games in uh, 25 days has has been uh, reported uh, in the wake of this game. Uh, Tom, um, your opinions on uh, McCrory. We're getting uh, between 60 and 70 minutes out of him. He's playing as a wing-back rather than a right-back. We've gone to a different formation since the West Ham game. What were your your thoughts on... uh, We've not asked you about McCrory before, but your thoughts on McCrory's performance and any thoughts you have on Forrest? Uh, Best performance of him by far for me. I feel like in the two six seats we'd seen before, uh, you could see the intent was there, the attacking runs were there. I remember against Hull, picked up some really good positions, particularly first half. Um, and I think it started to come off from yesterday a little bit. It seemed like he had a bit of his touch back because what it would seem like before is he'd take touchdowns, try and progress the ball. And he's always chasing after it at that yeah. point, and it comes to a bit of a scramble. Uh, but he started to do some really nice stuff technically um i remember his roulette second half and it was like and he's got he's got a fight in him i like mm. his attitude he's got a bite to him you know manning does go on about players with a bit of bite and i think he brings a certain level of aggression to that right hand side um and i think actually his partnership with george tanner behind him is really good yeah that's a really do you think he's made george look better i think 100 percent made george or is it that george is playing on the right of a three and he's more comfortable in that i think it helps george out because obviously everyone knows defensively he's very, i think he's a capable championship player um, it always always was offensively that it seemed very lackluster with him. He'd keep the ball, but not really progress it. Mm. Uh, I think with McCrory, he's always looking to progress it, which means that Tanner can just focus on what he's good at, which is isolating and 1v1 defending. Mm. Nobody really gets past Tanner. Um, but I'd echo what Mark said. I didn't think Forrest were that great. I thought we took the game to them, and I thought it actually looked like a lot of games in the championship, mm. a cagey championship match. I, I couldn't single them out as a Premier League class team for me. Okay, okay. Ian, let's get into the action. Neil uh, alluded to, um, you know, the, the, the Viner situation. But City, if, if you talk about that one and whether he made the right decision, but City started very brightly anyway, didn't they? Like they did against West Ham. We didn't look like a poor relation, even though their side is filled, you know, not least Gonzalo Montiel, a World Cup winner with Argentina who was given a torrid time, certainly in those early, early exchanges. Your thoughts on the, the opening stages and that Viner uh, opportunity here? Well, first half was really good. I think Zach got past players and got in a position he may not have expected to and tried to get the ball to the top goal scorer when I think he should have put his foot through it and had a shot. And I think that's the problem when people get in what I call unexpected positions so there's different ways you look at it you, some people are saying well his, his backside went so he decided to decided to pass it but i've seen zach shoot he's got he strikes the ball well enough um and in that position I, if i was liam manning i'd be saying to him next time you get in that position i want to see you belt it i mean 
we're not going to have shots on target. We've we've got players on our side who can shoot. Rob yeah. Dickey can shoot. Um, Taylor Gardner Hickman can shoot. Tommy can shoot. Naki can shoot. Anis Mometi can shoot. Why don't they? And it's a lot of it. If you look at the stuff from outside the box, I mean, there was an effort from Pring second half that was, oh dear me, absolutely dreadful. About five yards wide. And he's right in front of the goal. No one's closing him down. Just get your foot through it and middle it. It, it might go in. It might go under the keeper. Mm. But that's, you've you've got to, you know, the old Andy Gray thing. If you, you know, if you don't buy the ticket, you don't win the lottery, do you? And mm. if, if we, haven't, we haven't got efforts on target, although I can't remember either keeper last night making what I'd call uh, even a good save, never mind an outstanding no, one. Absolutely right. Absolutely right with that, Ian. Mark, a uh, chance for uh, City and Mametti set it up. I mean, as I think it was reported on one of the media reports, Dickey, there was a lot of space on that left side and Dickey often had his prick of pip, prick, pick, <laughs> often had his pick of prick of pick. Pring and Mametti and lots of space there, giving Montiel a bit of a torrid time. But one time Mametti did get away and put in uh, a cross and... Tommy, is it first time? Just why? Do you think he'd be disappointed that he didn't hit the target or it was a good, crisp strike and uh, fine margins again, wasn't it? Well, we discussed this with Ian afterwards. If he takes the ball on his left foot, he scores. But because he, he can't open his body up with his right foot, he steers it wide. Mimetti did brilliantly. That's the you know, perfect cross in the right place. Player coming onto the ball. If he's hitting it with his right foot, really, he's got to hit straight through the ball down. And, you know, like a like a pendulum, really. Mm. Take a lot of technique to do that. And he had his head in his hands because he's got goal side. We want our players to make goal side runs. Don't see enough of that. It did that. All to, all 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 boxes ticked, except it's not in the back of the net. Mm-hmm. Neil, the, the opening exchanges, if City had been 2 0 ahead, Zach scores, electing to shoot, possibly. Yeah. Tommy hits the target. It wouldn't have been an unfair reflection on, I won't say dominance, but just maybe it's too much to call it champagne football. But, you know, a lot of people have said, it's best, Ian said, best football we've seen for a long time in the football sense without having it in the final third. Yeah, there was an intensity to our play. And the determination that sort of shone through, particularly in the first half. Going looking at the Viner thing reminds me of a game last season. I was trying to remember. I think it's Blackburn at home, where he got through on a halfway line, and, it, and he elected to shoot. And everybody thinks, "What's he doing?" And it bounces up in front of the keeper. Mm -hmm. And uh, Semenyo slots it away. We weren't playing particularly well, mm -hmm. and, and that was a goal from that. So sometimes just having a go in that situation actually brings us something, even if you don't score yourself. Keeper saves, anything can happen, but it's it's a, it's a mindset about giving it a go. The Tommy thing for me is quintessential Tommy. Mm. He's not physically, he's not a differential player. Pace-wise, he's not a differential player. If he's going to play up top there and he's going to be playing against premiership opposition, he's going to have one chance, isn't he? Mm. One, two chances. West Ham away, he gets the one chance. West Ham at home. He gets the one chance in those, and he's only denied against Watford by a good save, which Indeed. led to the goal. But yeah, so he's creating one chance a game, realistically, with it, and he's not clinical enough in that situation. Right. If you're gonna, if he, if he, if he is the ten million pound player that we speak about, and you were watching him, you think that was your chance again, 
And like like Marcus said, really, the way he he took that, even if he took a touch on it, even if he killed it, the ball in, a top quality striker, I'm afraid, in that situation would either kill it and then left foot or kill it and then right foot or whatever. He's trying to bend his body in such a way there. Ian, your your comments on that. And I want to talk about, you know, how we fix this issue because is it we haven't got the right strikers and Neil just said, you know, he, he's getting one chance a game and then he's, is it a striker's job to create the chance here or have them laid on a plate? And for me, the Mimetti chance was laid on a plate and it was not, um, I, I thought it was a crisp finish. But what, what are your thoughts on just on what Neil said about Tommy and you have to take those chances? If you say, is it the forward's responsibility to create chances and get goals? It is. I mean, the best example of that at City recently was the WSM. They got lots of goals and lots of assists. Andy Voiman had the season of his career. Chris Martin was, if you like, the pivot. And we had Antoine Semenyo, who was also up there, who was a unit. And I'll, I'll say now, could hit the ball as well with either foot as hard with either foot as any player i've ever seen and i'm going going back to people like bobby charlton johnny giles players like that you know you had other players for example at lee i mean we've had players at city alan walsh could hit like a rocket with his left but he couldn't do it with his right antoine could so or can i should say um so yes it's the responsibility of forwards to score goals and get assists that, and it's as simple as that is it the responsibility of other players in the team to create chances yeah and that's including your wing backs because that's how the wing back system works they provide the width and the crosses and i don't know what the statistics are in terms of how many goals in english football are scored from crosses but i should imagine it's quite a high one so and the ideal example of that is someone like harry kane I know he's a hundred million pound player, but he'll drop it back into the pocket. The two wide players, normally Song or um, Kunmin Song, or uh, um, who's the guy they signed from Everton, the Brazilian Richarlison, uh, or another, they will go bombing on behind him, and he'll he'll play play the ball through to him, so he'll get the assist, and then they'll do something similar for him or put the crosses in and he'll get the goals. So mm. that's an example of how that system that we're playing should work. Now, the problem is at the moment, um, Sykes, who can score goals, is out. He'll be out for another couple of weeks. So, I mean, the borderline might be available for Leeds, but I doubt it. Um, so that's a goal scorer out the side. Uh, Tommy's got, I think, uh, in the league, how many goals he got in the league? Six or seven. A couple of them are penalties. Uh, Mametti doesn't score goals. No. Um, and Naki uh, doesn't. And Naki looks a shadow of. Uh, well, Naki, we like all of well, Naki, like all of our strikers, is better in a two. Um, yeah. And and I think you could say the same for Conway. So unless he he just gives this system a tweak, so we can play with two strikers, and I suggest try it at Nottingham Forest because that's a free hit. There are no league points on it. Um, the, but I've, I've been banging on about that for weeks on the basis that we're not scoring goals. Now, we're right. playing good football, but we're not scoring well, goals. And whoever, whoever we play up front, 
um, the, the three forwards in the lineup, Jason Knight doesn't get goals and assists. Oh, my God, said it. There'll be some hatred about that because he's a brilliant player. But, but he doesn't score goals. Well, you're right, Ian. This is it. When when we talk about ideal first 11 uh, and what have you, it, and, and with everybody fit, we'll do that when we finish wrapping up on the game. But you, you're right. I mean, Knight is a great player. And, uh, you know... Well, he's not a great player. That's where, that, No, Dave, he's not a great player. You know, France Beckenbauer and George Best. Oh, right. great. I'm he's using less the context of... Uh, yeah, he's, he's not... A, he's, what's his job in the team? If his job is to tear about and close people down, he does that as well as anybody I've ever seen. If yeah. his job, as a number 10, playing behind a striker, is to score goals and get assists, the, the statistics tell you he's not doing it. So that's something else that Liam Manning needs to improve. Yeah. Whoever's playing 10, Mimetti plays there. Don't score goals and don't get assists. Right now, right. Scott's won. Well, let, let me bring Mark in. Mark, game and got a goal. The, the, the goal scoring is is a problem. Clearly, I think it's what we got three in the last seven games. But you know, how do you how do you how do you rectify? Well, what what are your comments on um, what Ian said about about Knight? You know, because everybody says, "Oh, what a great player!" I use the term "great player" not in its grandest sense, but what did what did you think about his performance yesterday? Well, I think like he shows a lot of promise, and he's so often on 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 uh, close to scoring a goal with his header last night. Yeah. But he's he, he I mean there was one uh, there was one break in the fir- in the first half where he broke down the right hand side, and you think he's going to power into the area, but he, he he loses pace, and the defender catches up with him. He gets the ball in in pockets of space. And he he does little passes, but he's it's not like he's taken the ball on ball on to shoot. I mean, there's been plenty of occasions where he's been close to scoring a goal this season, and that that's about as close to get. So lots of promise. There's lots of ability in there, but he's got to be more aggressive in his play. And some of the other players, they're very lightweight in terms of finishing. You know, you'll see. I've looked at the highlights. Some of the crosses that come across needs needs players who are you know their bodies got to be going forwards. They've got yeah. to fling themselves at the ball, even if it means it goes off their knee and their stomach. Move forward, throw yourself at the ball. Mm. You know we come we come from an era. An era so, sorry about this, Tom. When you know players like Jordan and Andy Gray would would stick their head in, and Chris Garland stick their head in where it hurts and take a smack in the teeth, or slide in on their back. You know, throw everything at the ball. You don't yeah. see players doing that these days. That's that's oh, that's the well, difference. But Knight, I'll just say Knight shows a lot of promise. The frustrating thing is he's not delivering on that promise. That's okay. that's the frustrating thing so far. Tom, you've probably seen lots of old action on screen where players and everybody knows the toothless grin of Joe Jordan. But you know, do you think strikers and you play local football to a decent level? Do you do you think people put their heads in where it hurts sometimes and go for that half chance or not necessarily? I feel like the day and age of those sort of strikers have sort of gone. Strikers are asked a hell of a lot more now than what they were used to. Back in, what was it, the 80s, maybe they were just sent in to score goals, stand on the pen spot, you know, if the ball comes in from across, score it, get your head on it, get something on it, get it on target. We're asking Tommy to do a lot of work defensively now. I mean, if you look, when we don't have the ball, it's always Tommy arcing his run, orchestrating the press. I mean, the amount of times they go through us now is not that much. And I would put a lot of that on Tommy's good defensive work. I think he really closes down the centre-backs and forces it wide. And I think, for me, it's difficult because we don't score enough goals, fact. But 
we box out the midfield and make it hard mm. for teams to break us down. Now, do you take one out of that midfield? And if so, who? Yeah. To play Naki, who for me has not, when he's come on, bar maybe 20 minutes versus West Ham, looked like scoring goals. Mm. No, you're absolutely right. And talking about, I mean, we, we mentioned, Mark mentioned the uh, City finished the first half quite strongly. It was that corner with Knight heading over. But talking about big strikers, the first with you, were uh, Tom, and I'll come to you, Ian, on it. Um, the only chance Forrest had, uh, uh, I mean, they had uh, Yates shooting straight at Max O'Leary, who was impeccable last night. But they had a chance just before half time when the ball was lost in midfield. Chris Woods, Hudson, Adoy laid back. To, was it Danilo side netting? They mm. thought that had gone in, didn't they? Yeah. And I did. Yeah, I thought I thought it had gone in. And I did. Uh, he ran off celebrating like it had gone in. Did he? he? Yeah, he I ran did. off. If you look at him, he runs off at a 90 degree angle and then he turns around and hits the side net and gone behind. Um, I mean, they showed glimpses of what they could do, but I think for me, when Gibbs White came on, he was a differential player for them. Yes. Because when he came on, I remember he picked up the ball and he played, I know you'll probably get on to mm. it, but that brilliant ball to Wood. Oh, with that stretching for it. Yeah. It's, it's well, talking about and talking about Chris Wood, who I think you're probably young enough to remember when he had a loan period at Ashton 2012. Bay, 2012, very early in his career. Um, and he was influential in that chance we just spoke about. Is he the sort of player that you would like to see City have? Because he looked, he wasn't carrying the timber I've no. seen him carry in the past. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's that not a head on a stick type. But could you see him with a Tommy alongside him or a Tommy alongside him? It, I think it would be, have to be one for the other. I don't think you could play it. Obviously, we, we everyone knows I think Conway would be better than the two, but I don't think that's going to happen at the current stage. I think it's always going to be one up front. I was talking about, I remember going back to Oxford when we played them at the start of the season in the um, Cup. They had that Odonka up front, yeah. young lad, and he's an absolute unit. But he's athletic, although he didn't have the technical ability, athletic and physical profile was really impressive. And you could just tell that is the sort of striker that Manning would like. All right. Um, I, and I agree. I remember that game because although we dubbed them 5-1, they were in the game for a very long yeah. period, weren't they? Ian, um, you remember Chris Wood when he came to us. Uh, it was over your side of the pitch. Where uh, did, did you think that one had gone in? There were two occasions like that for them and one for us. But uh, your comments on that chance... Thoughts on Hudson Adoy? I don't know how much they pay for him. And and Chris Wood is the type of striker that we might look for in terms of in terms of skill set. Well, I think Chris Wood is your archetypal target man, um, and he's very good. At, he's a good finisher if he gets chances. Scores a fair few goals, uh, including did he get a hat trick recently against Newcastle? Yes, he did. Yeah, he did. Um, quality quality player. Um, and a lot quicker than advertised. So I, I think he's the type of player that any of our strikers would absolutely love to play next to, and we'd score a lot more goals. But we, we need, we'd still need, I think, to adapt him into a two, unless the play him in a two, unless uh, our wide players um, start sticking the ball in the net. If you're, if you're playing with three attackers, They've got to get goals and assists, and, and they're not getting them. Um, so I actually, after the game, I WhatsApped three ex-professional footballers and asked them their view. And two have come back. I, I said, I think it's final ball uh, crossing and finishing is, is a big problem. And they all agreed. Um, but they didn't 
come up with um, a snappy solution where you just say, well, this is what you do. This is how you cure it. And it's basically the players that we've got have got to up their levels and have got to start getting goals and assists. And that, that okay. is all the forward players. So you're, you're three blokes who are playing up the front uh, and and the, the two, you know, and that includes your two tens, whoever they are. Yeah, be that Scott Twine or Knight or whoever. Mark. Yeah, I mean, you the other way through is set pieces, of course, but we haven't the set piece delivery. You saw the difference between what Twine was doing against Watford and what Taylor Gardner Hickman could do last night with set piece delivery. And the set pieces weren't terrible, but they weren't right on the money like like Twine's. Simple as that. Yeah. Mark, your uh, your thoughts on uh, on on that Chris Wood and uh, you know, dead ball kicks. Well, he yeah, and he surprised me because he made he made you know he makes he makes that run from Morgan Gibbs White, and I think that's the, the difference in ability um, you get in with Premier League players. You've got midfielders or, or attacking midfielders who can play that ball in behind. We're trying to work the ball down the channels, and it's a bit slower. Where 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 whereas you're getting player there who can play the play a, a really delicate ball over the top, and you've got somebody who can run in behind run in behind, uh, and and. You know, Chris Wood can do that. He's just—he's not just uh, a big unit who, who who heads in from set pieces. There is more to him uh, than meets the eye. But he's 32 years old. If he did leave Forest, this is all hypothetical. I think he'd get a lot better offers. And I think in terms of um, of our recruitment, somebody like Chris Wood. Um, I don't see see the club buying buying a player like they're that. They're not going to pay. They're not going to pay the money for a player like no, that. No, no. But he, we, he like would that, certainly he would certainly he would certainly improve our side uh, unquestionably. Right, right but, now. But too expensive. But, it's, um, but it's hypothetical, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, he would improve our side you, Mark, that way. Sticking with you, Mark. Ben has said on the text feed, Tommy's runs are very predictable, and he never seems to be on the end of a cross when you need him to be. Well, he was last night, Benny with uh, that shot that he clipped wide. But, Mark, um, you know, are his runs predictable? Well, if you saw it, the, the, um, the, the match analysis against West Ham, no. Uh, you know, he was, make, he was making different runs down, down the channels, but you'd have, to see some, you'd have to see somebody break down the analysis of where he's running. But it's the ability then of people to find him. I mean, a forward isn't just, you know, forward's there to take his runs are to draw defenders out of positions and other players to move into those positions. Um, you could say, going back to the Viner run, I've looked at it again, Anis Pometh's starting position is really poor. He's just hanging at the back post and he doesn't really attack the ball until, you know, the the, uh, the ball's played by by Viner. He doesn't really give him an option. He just hangs back. If he if he was run, running alpha lever towards the goal, um, it might give Viner an option to take that shot or hit the ball hard across the penalty mm. area. So it's sometimes it's the ability to find players with a, with a better ball. And so I wouldn't just single Tommy out for making his runs. It's up okay. to other people as well to make runs. Okay. But we've got to find those players, and it's not just got to be from, from down the channels because Forrest and other teams will say, "Look, we're happy for you to toss the ball in from the side because we've got players who'll defend that easily." Yeah, that's true. Um, Neil um, Wood. Uh, you know, we can't afford a player like him, but Tom mentioned that Oxford lad who will be known to uh to liam mm. a big lump up front lots of athleticism yeah awkward 
you know, cheeky bid in for somebody like him? No, he's an 18-year-old lad. I think he's gone on loan to non-league. Has he gone? Has he's dropped? Yeah. So that was all no, well. I, I, all right. I, I think he showed the type, as Tom said, the, the type of player that he's hoping to have in that situation. I mean, we have found Tommy in games throughout the season on one-on-ones, but his conversion rates on one-on-ones is not great. Mm. Set aside that the West Ham away, fantastic ball by Williams, fantastic goal and all the rest of it that he scored. There's been other games throughout the season where he has got in on one-on-ones. And let's let's be honest, the, the Watford game at the weekend, uh, well, last weekend. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's we right, isn't it? Yeah. Um, he was through on goal. Great save by Hammer, but yet again, fantastic follow-up by Twine that we did on the last podcast. But it's another miss one-on-one from Tommy, isn't it? In that situation. That well, where does a miss become a good with, save by the well, keeper? Either or, well, in that situation, yeah. your conversion rate, if you're going to get one chance a game, mm. then your conversion okay. rate has to be better. Okay. Ian, into the second half, um, we I think one of you has already talked about uh, Wood straight at... Uh, Max O'Leary with a header, surprised to find himself in the space. Didn't get any power behind it at all. But Morgan Gibbs-White had come on, influential player. Um, and, you know, they came close again, didn't they, through Adoy, the second chance, right in front of the uh, away fans. Well, they thought they'd gone in the back of the net, but it was side netting. I mean, he was a he was a playmaker for them without any shadow of a doubt at all, wasn't he? Yeah, and if you, if you play that, pay that kind of money... That's what you get, and he won't be there long. Particularly if they, if they get relegated, as they well might, um, at the end of the season. Um, if you look at Forest's position and look at their um, look at Forest's position, and you look at where they are in the league, a ten point deduction is pretty precarious. I mean, if if Everton get another ten point deduction, they're down to six points. So at the moment, the boardrooms of Luton, uh, Sheffield United and Burnley must be doing line dances, uh, waiting for these two deductions to come out. Uh, so, And they won't be the last ones because there's a lot of clubs in trouble, which is why they're either not signing players. This has been a really quiet window. Well, I think somebody said, 40, Ian, somebody said, well, it was on Talk Sport. Uh, somebody said um, that was, I think being 40 million spent in the whole window at Premiership level, which most of that was with one player, against several hundred million this time last year. So it's is it is it good? It's slightly going off track here. Is it good, Ian, that even at the highest level, FFP is making people think? And what's the ramifications of that to clubs like us trying to make money out of selling promising players? There's there's some important stuff here. Is it good? Yes. Has the game got out of control financially? Absolutely. Whose fault is it? TV companies competing for the contracts, pumping in. Sky were almost outbid by the Disney Channel for football last season, and Amazon are being this. Amazon Prime still get some TV, but they'll still get more. Now that's where we are. Um, and I think Sky, if I'm right in saying they're owned by Comcast, who are absolutely massive American uh, media giant. So, yes, it's good. They're actually, by deducting 10 points from Everton, everybody's um, had a, oh, goodness me moment. I've cleaned that up. An old CEO of mine used to say, 
and they've gone, oh, they're serious. If yeah. Man City have got, I think it's 115 charges against them under Premier breaking Premier League rules and not giving information when required, etc., and all that stuff. If they get, let's say they're acquitted on 80, but they, they get done on 25. Yeah. I would think they'd probably get relegated at least two divisions, thrown out of Europe for five years, and possibly have some trophies taken away. Well, that would so, be... Yeah. That would be, well, that would be it is really serious, and clubs have to comply. And when you saw what Forest did when they got promoted, they lost a lot of the players that Cooper had because they were already on loan, mm. and then they just went bananas. Yeah. And luckily for them... They stayed up last season by the skin of their teeth. Yeah. And it... Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery free and times apply. See mcdonalds.com. If, if, um, if we get to a, a point... Well, if everybody's taking this seriously, and we already know our club's taking it seriously, hence, yeah. you know, the, the happy days are here again at Chelsea when Bristol City ring up. That isn't happening anymore. We're not signing any more players like that. It will never happen again in the history of the club until we get in the Premier League, then we'll pay a little bit more. Those days are gone. Okay. And it, yes, it is, it is a good thing, and I hope they're gone forever because... Football's just got stupid with money and it is unaffordable and it is, to use that wonderful word, unsustainable. Yeah. Um, Mark, getting back into the action, second half was as lively as uh, as lively as the first. Forrest in it a little bit more from my perspective. Ian spoke earlier about Pring. He was on the right side of the box taking a pass from uh, Taylor Garner-Hickman but uh, blasted it, as Ian said, five yards wide. But the substitutions have been made. One of them was uh, Harry Cornick and in the very closing uh, stages of the game, that was a 70-yard spit. It was edge of one box to another. How did you see that uh, opportunity, which ended with Pring putting our chance into the side netting, which some of us thought had gone in? How did you see that, Mark? Well, it's like um, uh, Harry Cornick's like Forrest Gump. I think everyone was going, run, Harry, run, you know, keep <laughs> running. And he just kept running, you know, into their half. You know, br a brilliant br uh, burst out of defence. He plays the ball to Pring. Nothing wrong with the ball. He's got two central defenders advancing towards him. Now, a striker may have got it out of his feet quicker and took a shot. He thinks I've got... A, he, t he does the right thing and the wrong thing. He takes the ball wide to go past a defender or, or to, 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 take it, to, to take it away from a defender and then takes a shot, but he goes too wide. My first impression was, was it was a bad miss. When you saw it on the replay, he made it into an acute shot. So he's really got to wrap his foot around the ball. Really, it was the, it was the right ball to the wrong person. In the right position, well, um, you really he, want to go forward. His left foot marked, he he hits, that's right. He hits with his left foot, but his touch takes the ball wide. Yeah. So he's really, he really have to wrap his foot around it to, to get it past the he, keeper. He, he, he needs to be a right foot shot to bend so it. So he made it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what he really needs to do, I think, is to try and take the ball early. Just to take a touch. A decent striker would get the ball out of his feet without any back, without any back lift. The ability yeah. to take to take the shot early, make the keeper move. Or hit the ball past him with power at the near post. He does okay. neither, and it's it's come from a defender who's not used to being in that position again. So it's a great ball, but it's to the wrong person. 
Yeah. That's the that's that's the way the cards fall, isn't it? Okay. Right, Tom. Um, what did you think of Pringy last night? He's yeah. he's he's immense at the moment, isn't he? And yeah. you you know, somebody said I heard somebody talking on the way out. You compare him to somebody like a Luke Shaw because he's similar build. He's quite chunky. His cam. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think somebody might come. What your thoughts on his performance last night? That chance, and do you think somebody might come in with a cheeky bid for him within the next uh, week? I don't think he'll go this January, but by certainly the last month or so, being for me the best player for us. I think I compare him to our sort of Kyle Walker. I mean, his pace gets us out of so many defensive difficulties. If they get behind us, it's always Cam Pring. You're just hoping that he has the legs to get back, and more times than not, he does. I mean, his pace and power, his physical attributes is that for the Premier League. Now, what you see Manning talk about is, is he good enough technically yet? Because Manning likens him to the fact that he can't really kick the ball cleanly, um, which I thought was a bit harsh. But um, technically... Still think he's got a lot of work to do, mm. but physically, wow, what a player! And I think he's coming into his own like he was last season, back end last year, where he was really progressive, mm. getting on pass. I think the five back definitely allows him to get forward more. He can be more direct. Um, I do feel that he is exposed slightly with Mametti ahead of him. Uh, I don't think Mametti's great defensively at all. And then when Corner comes on, I think it again is not a great. If you look at the right side, it's McCrory, who is very good defensively, and ahead of him is Jason Knight, mm. who again is very good defensively. And now on our left side, it's Campering, brilliant, but that's it. Yeah. Like, oh, right, yeah. Okay. So he gets, he gets what a lot of teams do is they suck us wide, and then Campering has to almost go with the runner rather than pressing the ball, which means that they do have a lot of space a bit deeper to get balls in. Um, but He's been fantastic the last month or so. And he's, mm. At the start of the year, he didn't look great, I no. must admit, but he's really kicked on. So I think Manning, like you said, has left him to it and he's starting to play like he did at the back end of last season. Yeah, and Sam Bell came on for the obligatory uh, substitution yeah. on 70 with Ross McCroy. I thought he did all right Yeah, last night, Sam. Yeah. I mean, he's not defensively the strongest, but no. I thought he did, did okay. I think... It's difficult for Sam because he's got four goals from playing left wing and being asked to play right wing back in the you know space of a couple of months under different managers is a difficult thing. I think Manning looks at him offensively and doesn't rate him. I think that is uh, the crux of it. I think he's still finding where he can play. I mean, do you remember when Sam Bell first came in, he was playing right back under Pearson against yeah. Middlesbrough and things like that. Um, so I think with Sam Bell, there's still a lot to learn, but he's still a young, young man. He's still a young lad. But the lot of competition in that position. You've got McCrory, Sykes when he comes back, and Sam Bell competing for the same spot. And George Tanner, if you go to a four with Akko coming back. Yeah. I mean, nice, nice problems to have. Ian, the uh, substitutions last night and the timings <coughs> of them, um, just said Bell, Wells and Cornick. Um, the, the timing was predictable, really, wasn't it? Yeah, very predictable substitutions, very predictable timings, and that's what you've got when you've got a squad that's hit with injuries, suspensions and um, <clears throat> unavailability uh, to uh, due to things like being cup tied. I mean, that's just something that you get when you sign players in January. So uh, from the players that we've got available now, if all the players were available, we'd have a much, much stronger bench, but they're not. We've got a, an injury crisis that's been going on, going on going for four years. 
and nobody, Ashton Gate, I'm afraid, uh, as of yet, seems to have come up with an answer. And I know other clubs have got injury problems as well. Newcastle had them, Tottenham had them, but we seem to we seem to have had this problem. It just seems to be continual. And I'm not saying I know the answer to it because I've got no idea what the answer is. But um, my only answer would, would be, well, you'll have to have a bigger squad. And then somebody like Gavin Marshall or John Lansdowne is going to say, OK, and you, you pay their wages and we'll have a bigger squad. So um, until we solve that, um, we'll have to compete with the size of the squad we've got. And the size of the squad we got, I can't see us, uh, unless the players start playing out of their skin, um, getting over the line. Some, something has to change, and hopefully Manning can change it with signings in the summer. Well, yeah, the summer, I think that's where we're at now. Now, here's a useless fact, which I didn't know. If we'd have beaten, which we could still do, Nottingham Forest, this will be the first time since season 19-19-20. Good season. That we've yeah, beaten two sides in the top flight of English football in the single FA Cup competition season. I think that year, 1919-20, we lost to uh, Huddersfield in the semi-final. Were you there for that? Yeah, I was there. there. No, I was there for that one. I was there for that one. <laughs> um, Neil, uh, Stuart Atwell, uh, referee. It was bizarre, wasn't it? I, 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 I asked all of you what you thought of the ref. Many of them said offline what he thought of him. I quite like the fact that he seemed to, it was almost as if he had a little video art instant replay going on in his head because he seemed to scrutinise his decisions. What did you think of him last night? Well, the thing that I took from him last night is when he was playing advantage, there was absolutely no hand movement or acknowledged that he was playing advantage. So every foul, there was like a five-second period after that foul with are you going to call a foul yeah. or what are you actually doing? Yeah. And he would allow almost sometimes one or two transitions after yeah. the foul before then he said, oh, right. So normally you see them, you know, do the movement or... Yeah. For those listening, Neil's what? doing the movement with his hands. If you're watching oh. it on YouTube, you can see that. Is it new formation dancing we're doing, is it? Yeah, yeah. But there's some indication, isn't there, with regards to what his mindset is. Whether in his mind he's like, yeah, I know exactly what I'm doing, but I'll tell you what, the players didn't. Mm. And it there was, was a lot. There was a pause, wasn't yeah. there, after a lot of decisions? Yeah, there was, yeah. There was pauses, Stop. Mark, after after times. And thank God we didn't get into a situation like um, the Haaland situation at Man City. You know, when a, when he pulled it back and he was through on goal, or there was a bad tackle going in, or some some sort of contentious element. Because as a ref, you've just got to communicate what's in your mind. Mm. I think to the players on the pitch, or else they're going to get frustrated and they're going to. And he didn't, I didn't argue with any of his decisions or any of his no. yellow cards. I thought it's just that, his mannerisms. It's just the mannerisms in the way in which he didn't communicate what was going on in his mind. Okay. Ian, you said pretty similar, I think, when we spoke previously. Yeah, I think it was, it was, it was absolutely bizarre. Uh, it was almost like a foul happened and he went, I'm going to give it. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. Um, and he did that over and over and over again. So he's obviously sat down and thought about, right, what's the best way to do this? Um, Stuart, that isn't the best way to do it. Honestly, mate, because the players didn't know whether they were coming or going. Neither did the fans that were watching it. 
Uh, and I've never seen, I can honestly say, in all the years I've been watching football, I've never seen anyone else referee like that. <laughs> Not even at an amateur level. Normally, they might think for, for a, five seconds and, and then go, no, no. But they don't move as if to say, play on, then not play on. And, and you could see that the footballer, the, the, the players out there were, were scratching their heads. They said, well, you know, what is this guy playing at? Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I mean, he didn't make, you couldn't look at it last night and say, oh, he, he made massive rickets or anything like that. But he just seemed to be in a bizarre place. So uh, get well soon, Stuart. Yeah. Mark, your thoughts on the, the referee? I mean, we've seen some crap over time and he had his strange mannerisms I, th I thought he was he was okay he was different might be the word to describe but in a not in a bad way well it's not it's not as though it's refereed differently in 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 the premier league except for var reviews so it wasn't as though there there had to be reviews of every single of every single incident he made the right decisions but he, it's just those five, 10 second pauses when he, you know, he, when he whistle. So play would go on, then he'd bring it back. Um, a couple of times when it was, you know, he, he brought it back, the advantage, the fact the advantage had been lost, you know. So he made the correct decisions, but that long pause, you know, it's almost like he was thinking, you know, talking to a fat controller in his ear or something. But it's not like that is any different in the Premier League. It's just that there are reviews of decisions. And we're going to be under VAR review when we go to Forest because, yeah. you know, they're set up for VAR. So we're going to have to deal with that like we did at West Ham and Sheffield United three years ago. But yeah, well. it's in, just that I've never days, seen that before. Yeah, Back in the old days, didn't the same referee do the replay as well? If I recall correctly. Yeah, I think so. I think I'd say, yeah, might be as you rightly pointed out, Mark, I think um, so, but yeah. yeah. Um, as you rightly pointed out, um, we've got Scott Twine cup tied for the replay, but uh, yeah. Pring and who else are out for getting And Taylor Garner Hitman picked up the yellow. Anyway, that's it. They're in competition yellows, so two yellows, you're out for the next game. Two yellows, you're out in the competition. And yeah. right, okay, so we are in the draw for the fifth round in name only. Yeah, and as Ian said, it's a free hit when we go out to Nottingham for the city ground. But the uh, juggernaut of games goes on um, next Tuesday, and we'll be doing a, a live podcast recording of the Coventry away game on uh, Wednesday morning at nine o'clock on all the usual podcast platforms from about midday or maybe a bit earlier. It's on to Coventry. They got a 1-1 draw at uh, Hillsborough last night against Sheffield Wednesday. They were 1-0 up for a long period in that game. Their debut player, Victor Torp, who they paid two million quid for, uh, he got their goal, but they've got to do a replay as well. Tom, um, two, was, it, was it two points out of 12 in the last four yeah. league games? You know, we need to get... It's two points a game that we need between now and the end of the season if we're to trouble the playoffs. Um, Coventry, decent side on their own. Ex-City players there, Jada Silva, um, what's his name? Casey Palmer. Good game to, to have to get our league form up and running again. The easiest of a quad of games. There's no easy games, is there? No. I mean, it's tough. We've got a really difficult four games coming up. Forest was hard and we've got really difficult and it's the fact it's so congested, mm. it's a bit ridiculous. Having seven games in 23 days, 
should not happen. Mm. I mean, that is quite simply ridiculous. But I mean, they've been really in form, Coventry. They've got themselves in the playoffs. I mean, I remember at the start of the season, they were really struggling mm. and they backed Robbins and uh, they stuck to their football that Robbins plays. And they've managed to get themselves back up to where I think their squad should be. I mean, they got a lot of money in summer for Gokarez and Hamer. Mm. And they spent it and sort of distributed it across the squad. I think that on paper they have a playoff squad. It's definitely a lot stronger than ours, I would argue. Um, it's really difficult, uh, especially away. They've, you know, when they get going at home, they have one of the best home atmospheres mm. in the league. So you look at it, and again, would you be happy to come away with a point? I think I would, but, it's, but that's not progressing yet. It's not. No, I mean, it, it then becomes three points out of fifteen, exactly. which is relegation. For in, yeah. its, in its own way. I mean, it's interesting you said about the draw. I was on the uh, uh, Sky Blue podcast match preview. We did that uh, the other evening. And I said, I'd take a point, but that's not enough. Uh, Ian, uh, you know, it, it, the, it, we're, we're really success this season now looks like a top 10 placing because, you know, the next four games in Coventry, what are, you, what are your thoughts, particularly on Tuesday night? Like you said earlier on, Dave, they're all difficult games. There are no easy games in in, in the championship. And every time we think we've got a run of games uh, like the one recently that involved Millwall and Preston, you think, oh, we could win a few of them. We <laughs> Bristol City lose them. So we've got a Coventry and Leeds are the next two in the league. Very difficult. After that, we've got a nice easy game against Southampton. So the the city thing you've got Middlesbrough away. Be... You got you forgot Middlesbrough away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on on paper, that might be the easiest game. But um, honestly, it, it, it would be typical City if we won one and drew three, or we won two and lost two. You know, we're we're a side. Whether we're we're better against the better teams, I really don't know. Um, whether that's something that somebody keeps these statistics could actually find out. Um, but. We, you know, we've often said on there, Dave. I mean, we've been going for a long time, and if ever you're wildly out of form, the team to play is Bristol City because you'll turn it around, and that's just the way it's been. I don't really know why. I don't know if it's a curse or something like that. But you know, I, I'm excited about playing the games, and let's hope we can beat some. You know, we beat teams this year that have been sixth and seventh. So let's go and beat some teams that are a little bit higher than that. Yeah. First half, first half at Southampton, um, it should be, we should have been a, at least a goal up, if not two. Second half, they were by far the better team. Uh, then Naismith got his customary injury and um, we 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 fell away and, and second half, we, we didn't really deserve much. But first half, we could have been a goal or two up. So, you know, our... Uh, I'm reasonably excited to see we, what we play those games, barring injuries again. Um, if we if we can get some players back, um, Rob Atkinson could be on the bench against Coventry. I think he'd definitely be on the bench against Leeds. Uh, you, so re say, you reckon after a year, Ian, a year out, and you know he's been playing maybe in practice games i wouldn't have thought he'd be on the bench against cov he's back in he's he's back in full training okay and he's had the all all, all clear so what, what are you going to do i mean yeah. it, it might might be that they decide to uh to play him first 
in a couple of under-21 games. Who knows? That's what but, I, I mean, was hoping, because that's what used to happen with players, that they'd get some... Yeah. I mean, look, they brought Ross McCrory in. He had he he had a... Uh, he had um, a couple of under-21 games. Might have only been one, but there we go. Um, Mark, Mark's got to leave us. Just want to ask a quick question uh, of you, Mark. Uh, Coventry... Tuesday night, uh, Scott Twine comes straight back into the team, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He comes straight back into the team. And I think that, I mean, the onus is on uh, Coventry to win six wins and three draws. Fantastic form to get them into the, into, into sixth place, but they'll be expected to win. They got a great side, beat Leicester the other week, you know, one nil down, although they had a sending off, they still scored those three quick goals, but they'll come at us. That will give us a chance to play. And we've been competitive in all our games. That's been a strange thing this season. We've been competitive in virtually all of the games, um, but we, you know, we've missed out because we can't score. Uh, I think our best bet is to play on the counter attack and uh, hopefully score some goals where, where, you know, where we make the space. Yeah, Neil. Um, just finish from you. Your final comment. Uh, Coventry away. Tough ask, but it would be great to get three points, and then it creates the perfect build-up for another night under the lights, Ashton Gate on Sky against Leeds next Friday. Yeah, I mean, the, the, as going back to start of the podcast, the formation that we find and the formation that he said defensively, thirty-one goals and thirty. You know that we've conceded all season in 27 28 league games we are solid defensively we're difficult to break down but in that fact that we are solid defensively and difficult to break down it affects our creativity so for me when manning is saying uh, when he talks about terms like bravery and all the rest of it it applies to the management as well yeah because oh, yes. when, when he makes these subs he, he, he makes a like for like and in the last few games, you know, the Watford and the Forest game, we, we've we just replaced Life for Life and been playing exactly the same. We haven't had a plan, an apparent plan B well, mid-game. Well, you just think you're drawing the game. This is mindset at the moment. I haven't really got the players to go on and win that game. Right. So I, what I'll do is I'll make sure we don't lose the game, which I get, but that is a negative outlook, isn't it? Do you at home against Watford bring on like, uh, well, he's like, go a, like, like Ian says... Keep Tommy on and put Naki up alongside you. Yeah. You know, do something different. Give the opposition something to think about. If you're playing oh. the same system, the same formation, I don't think you're really challenging right. the opposition. That's an interesting conversation that we can develop after maybe the Leeds game where we'll have had two more league games mm -hmm. to see how it's gone. I want to ask each of you just to wrap up a quick question. Yes, no answer. Could be two yeses, two no's, one of each. Um, you first, Neil, since we're talking to you. Yeah. Transfers between now and the deadline, in, out, any in, any out. Well, I think Manning. Yes, no answer. <laughs> there was about three questions. No, there was multiple transfer, questions. Transfers in, out, yes or no? I would say out, no, on the basis of seven games in twenty-five uh, in twenty-five days. Okay. Without that, there would be a couple of outs. So. Yes, hopefully one or two in, no outs. You so that's that's what you think, Tom. Echo that. I think um, if we get an injury, then you're stuffed a little bit. a bit. So yes and no. I think I can see us bringing one more in. No, no one going out. No one going out. Mark. I think somebody would have gone out, um, but the the, the 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 replay might nullify that. 
but somebody, yeah, definitely try and get somebody in if we, we can, if we can. And bring here it with your uh, impeccable sources, just to finish, uh, somebody coming, I think out may be a bit questionable, but on a scale of one to 10, since we've moved away from yes, no, 10 being definitely, one being no chance, anybody coming in that would be a first pick for the starting 11, in your opinion? Yeah, <clears throat> one in, one out. Uh, chances of the one in, uh, 70%. Okay. Probably a little, little bit more uh, after recent results, uh, but um, for well, it won't be a striker. Oh well, we'll see. Everybody, thanks a lot for uh, listening to Forever Bristol City podcast. As I say, we'll be back on Wednesday morning with our live podcast recording of Coventry City away. Have a great weekend. Have a great early start to the week, and thank you for listening. All the best, everybody. Bye, 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 bye. Cheers, everybody. Bye, bye. Bye. Just. Really, I ain't got a thing. There's a time I always feel happy, as happy as a king. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red, red robins are bob, bob, bobbing along. Red Robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red, red robin starts bob, bob, bobbing along. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you still the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. All the McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.